Welcome to the Payments Journal Podcast, and here is your host, Ryan Mack. Welcome to the Payments Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Mack. Now, 2020 was the year that pushed the payments industry to adopt a more digital-first mindset. And to some extent, the industry also needs to adopt the mindset that software developers have had for some time, and that's thinking about the stack or platform that they're going to implement. So what exactly does that mean? Well, organizations need to take an inventory of their payment processes and ensure that they not only work together, but are able to provide insights about their consumer base that breaks down the data silos that are prevalent in today's industry. Now that is not the only thing that needs to be considered, but a realization that their platform or stack needs to be able to accommodate rapid expansion and shifts in the marketplace. So to talk about what questions and considerations organizations should take when looking at a payments platform, I have Sean Haley, who is the Chief Product Officer at Northlane, and Raymond Pucci, who is the Director of the Merchant Services Advisory Practice at Mercator Advisory Group. So there's certainly a lot of data and insights to unpack on today's episode, so without any further delays, Let's start the show. So, Sean Ray, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode, where I think we're going to be kind of taking a look back at, say, 2020 and kind of and taking a look forward here into 2021. 20, because we certainly, the payments industry and the payments ecosystem has certainly gone through a lot of changes in this last year, uh, in particular to the fact where I think that a lot of individuals uh, within the payments ecosystem were thinking that, hey, the consumer behaviors that we're starting to see or the processes that we're seeing in place thought that perhaps maybe it was gonna be kind of within the next five years we'd get to the adoption points that we're at now, but it really only kind of took that year to maybe year and a half for individuals to kind of really catch up uh, to that side of things. Um, But obviously with these rapid changes, it brings across really kind of a lot of challenges uh, within the industry. So perhaps maybe we could kind of talk a little bit about that. So Sean, I'm curious to get from your perspective, what are the biggest changes and maybe also some of the biggest challenges that businesses are currently facing in regards to payments? Yeah, thanks, Brian. You hit, you hit the nail on the head and, and thanks for having me on again. Great to be with you guys. Um, you know, for businesses amid the pandemic and, 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 and looking ahead to 2021 and, and beyond, there's definitively, uh, I think, a clear need identified for the flexibility and, and scalability around payments specifically. Um, when I was prepping for this, uh, for this podcast, I was reading, doing some research and, and read, a, read something interesting from McKinsey that found uh, pandemic has accelerated the digitization of customer interactions by three years. So you mentioned uh, five years in the in the top of your question. It, things are moving extremely fast. Um, you know, I think a, another stat I read from that same study was that in July of 2020, 65% of, of customer interactions in, in the U.S. were digital compared to 41% just, just six months earlier. So this leap is, it really means some big changes across many areas of business, but especially um, payments, which are are moving to be increasingly digital. That's right, Sean, and uh, great to be with you. Um, and thanks again uh, to Ryan. Um, but yes, looking back at 2020, some of the research that we've done at uh, Mercator Advisory Group related to uh, businesses and merchants, um, there's no doubt that uh, the e-commerce channel, the growth in e-commerce, when you think about it, um, as you were alluding to, Sean, that um, Oh, three, four, or five years of growth have been compressed into one year, namely last year. The um, many, if you look at uh, almost every retail vertical, 
they experienced, um, it was not unusual to see triple-digit percentage growth on the e-commerce channel, you know, digital orders from 2020 to 2019. So um, it, it's just been an acceleration of, of, I think, trends that we were seeing, uh, you know, coming. But um, certainly um, the e-commerce channel and, ver- and the platforms that need to go need to go along with it are so essential for businesses and merchants to be able to conduct their business because that's what consumers are really looking for, the ease of ordering, paying, uh, and so on. So, um, and I suspect uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more of that for 2021. Yeah, and I, I think in addition to what you said, Ray, there, it, it's also um, the need to offer, you know, some of that, that payment choice, whether that's, you know, pay in or pay out. Um, you know, speed obviously has become uh, front and center and, and mandatory for, for businesses. And, you know, to meet those customer expectations, whether it's, you know, fast delivery, fast payment, fast reward, I, I think the quicker the better. Um, and then when you think about payments platforms, platforms specifically, it, it, you know, many of them offer all of that in addition to data collection on, on those customer preferences so that that next engagement or future action is really custom tailored and, and specific to that, that customer. Yeah, now let's, let, let's dive into that aspect of it here, the, the payment platforms, because I certainly think as we take a look towards this year of 2021 here, um, it's really going to be kind of highlighting the importance of payment platforms because of the ability for it to kind of, you know, integrate a lot of these services that organizations are looking towards and realizing, hey, we kind of need these suite of products, but kind of doing it on our own is a little bit complicated. And then there's the maintenance part of it. And okay, how does everything really work together? So I'd like it if we could perhaps kind of take a little bit deeper dive, Sean, if we could. And if you could kind of elaborate on how payment platforms platforms enable businesses to grow really more broadly. Sure, Ryan, happy to do it. You know, I, I think Ray touched on it in the last in the last bit on uh, or the last question related to things that we're seeing in our everyday lives, right? So I, I I think about my engagement with my my barber is probably a good example, which typically used to be show up, pay in cash, and be on with uh, the rest of your day, has now suddenly moved to schedule the appointment pay for the appointment in advance, show up, you know, two minutes before your appointment and then and then be on, be on with your day. So the integration that happened there in, in a short period of time for, you know, maybe a, a small business is really interesting to me in that they've they've had to kind of change their their business model in many cases. And to us, you know, uh, us folks out interacting with these businesses, it's now just become normal, right? That's our that's how we engage. But in reality, that may have been a, a heavy lift for that barber or for that restaurant to kind of integrate. When you think about um, the payment platform specifically, you know, integrating with a payment platform, whether it's it's now or something that's already done, will typically give that business um, a centralized place to kind of manage payment activity. So this allows businesses to really create more connected and and seamless experiences. That's right, Sean. You know, it's been. It's been just a year of change, especially as you're uh, mentioning the, the 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 small businesses, the services, hospitality with restaurants that um, you know often um, were a cash business. So um, then, with uh, social distancing and varying um, health and safety precautions, uh, consumers really are looking for payment options where they don't have to use cash. Um, I. I hardly carry any cash around with me. It's all 
um, you know, a chip card or I'm on a mobile a mobile app, uh, I'm paying uh, with a, a card on file and a digital wallet. And, um, you know, it's even at for for items, you know, just a few dollars that I, I would, you know, have, have the cash, but I'm, I'm, I'm going digital really 99% of the time where, where possible. And uh, consumers are really looking for that. Um, and payments platforms, again, have to adapt, but make this available for the small merchants that don't really, you know, have the resources. Maybe they never even thought about having to uh, accept uh, digital payments, but now, you know, that's definitely more available to them and um, they're going to need it because their customers are going to want to have the option uh, in most cases of uh, a digital payment. Yeah, it's a great point, right? And I think the the, the the takeaway from from this and, you know, what what you and I are talking about is really that payment platforms provide the, the foundation from which, which to innovate. So I often make examples to folks outside the payments industry of saying, well, it's quite similar to a business who's looking to scale up quickly and may look for moving to the cloud or creating an open API or open architecture environment to scale their business more quickly. Payments platform is really no different, just that it's specific to this one, one need for, for a business, right? So if, uh, as an example, if a, a business needed to create a creative employee or consumer incentive program to reach those folks who are at home or maybe re-engage with them in new ways, they don't really have to worry about the underlying technology. Really just focus on the, the promotion, focus on the engagement, and the scalability is there to reach those customers or those employees. Yeah, one of the things I want to kind of echo that, that you're saying there, Sean, that, that I completely agree with is that kind of from a payments platform perspective, kind of the ease of use, it, it, really kind of highlighting that because, you know, at the end of the day, the merchant is really focused on, okay, that the customer experience. And we'll, and we'll get to that in a second. But if the platform, the payment platform itself is not easy to use for the merchant, they're not going to want to invest the time to be able to say, okay, well, I've got to figure out all of these ins and outs here. It needs to be a very good experience for the merchant as well, or the person that's utilizing the, the payment platform. Um, because at the end of the day, the, the merchant in particular is looking at running their store and anything that's going to really kind of cause additional friction on their point is really going to be kind of heavily, more heavily scrutinized in terms of, okay, do I really need this? So I think the, the point that you bring up in terms of ease of use for the individual using the platform is really kind of paramount into kind of that adoption part of it. Um, but now let, let's transition to the consumer experience side of things. Uh, so Sean, how can payment platforms offer a more seamless customer experience and also provide deeper insights into the customer's preferences? Yeah, it's a great transition, Ryan. I think, you know, the example I, I lean towards is, you know, specific to something we do here quite often at, at Northlane, which is uh, rebate programs being a, a great example. And, and we focus a lot on on small business or small to medium sized business in our in our points so far. But I think it does expand beyond that to even large enterprise uh, corporates as well, where um, you know, rebates are traditionally used to issue large quantities of payments in a, in a short time frame to re-engage a customer, re, uh, maybe switch from a competitor, do some different things there. A, a platform allows for that scalability and ultimately um, efficiency from, from some dated methods of, of maybe sending rebates by, by physical mail. So if I think about that and take it one step further, 
the businesses are also able to gain insights, like you mentioned, from that consumer data and, and better understand their habits, their preferences. For example, a, a telco company may run a rebate program that encourages a customer to switch from another provider. If you're looking at that versus maybe a, a, a more dated um, disbursement method, like a check, a, a card or a real-time payment may offer greater insight into is this promotion actually working? Is it driving spend back? Is it, are we winning back customers? Are we gaining new customer share from our competitors? And really allows the, the corporate or the, or the business to track those desired behaviors. When you look at it from the consumer side, they are experiencing something that is that real-time capability, right? Which, which absolutely matters. We did a, uh, a survey recently that uh, found 79% of, of consumers would choose a virtual rebate because it's available immediately. So as we, as we said at the top, right, speed being so important, the, the real-time nature of, of payments and what a payment platform can provide, I think it's really a, a win-win for both the business and, and the consumer. That's right, Sean. And I don't know if you've seen any, but uh, any lately, even in the last couple of days, but I know on a regular basis, I'm sent uh, different offers, uh, as you're saying, uh, perhaps a rebate or a, a promotional um, arrangement with the merchant. And I know consumers love personalized marketing offers. And with data analytics capabilities now, the customer intelligence value and the ability for merchants to really uh, understand what's going on with their customers or uh, in many cases, even the uh, customers of their competitors, they're able to put something you know, on the virtual table, so to speak, for consumers um, as a way to get consumers, you know, to notice them um, and uh, to bring bring more business to them. Um, it's it's really that uh, it brings into play, I think, this one-to-one marketing, um, you know, not a shotgun approach, but based upon where a consumer, you know, has been, where where they're shopping and, and give them something, you know, um, make it worthwhile and a, a really great value proposition for a, a customer to be able to um, come over from a competitor. Yeah, it's a great point. And we even see, you know, things with, with customers um, kind of adding on the, the value-added service or, or something on the back end of, of, that, of that payment experience, right? There's another important, I think, value-add from a, from a payment platform. Um, maybe it's, you know, register this product or enroll for reorder alerts or, or do things like that. You know, the engagement extends typically beyond beyond just the payment, even though you're getting that that service from your payment platform. So um, really well said there, Rick. Now, Sean, you know, when, when we were having this conversation here, you know, you brought up in terms of just, you know, taking a look at an organization and saying, okay, if, if they're looking to have a, a rapid growth coming up sooner, they're looking to move to the cloud um, part. And I want to dive into that part of it before we wrap things up here. Um, so specifically, maybe you could dive into how a payments platform can help businesses be more agile. Yeah, happy to, Ryan. I think number one, kind of agility is inherent in in, in a payments platform, at least in a I'd say in a in a quality payments platform. Um, they're especially important in industries where where flexibility is key, like you mentioned. So enabling those businesses to scale both up and down and shift as as people's preferences change. So if you think about, you know, a, a, a payout or a pay-in, having different modalities or different acceptance criteria um, options for the consumer is really, 
really important and and having those options and and scale underlying kind of agility and scalability is is paramount so a real life example is you know companies may be struggling to handle staff change changeovers or off payroll compensation in in a in a timely manner some orgs may be experiencing a shakeup as freelancers and gig workers return to full-time jobs uh, some may need more contractors to enable growth in any of those cases it's it's really important to have that agility with with your payments platform and i think you know as we've seen a shift away from the traditional workplace right all of us kind of being on this on this podcast uh probably from our homes many businesses have have, have realized the the importance of either retaining workers um, or attracting new workers or keeping their engagement uh, very high with those folks who they may not see so frequently in person anymore. Um, you know, I think that that is all very important, that kind of having that that payments platform in place and being able to streamline any of those processes in a way that's beneficial to, again, both the business and, and, those, and those employees. Uh, earlier, Sean, when we were talking about all the changes that uh, took place in 2020 and and really continuing into 2021 related to uh, digital ordering and, and e-commerce channels. Um, let's as as we're introducing now. Let's see or think about the gig economy and as you say the gig workers um, because um, just take one uh, as I think of one particular sector um, the uh, delivery companies whether they're you know the third party uh, delivery aggregators for restaurants or uh, grocery stores and how delivery is so big now these are for the most part uh, contract workers freelancers and you know they fluctuate this turnover this seasonal issues um, you may may have seen uh, over the holiday period um, November and December last year um, the delivery companies were adding um, literally hundreds of thousands of workers drivers um, people that uh, picked up food orders in grocery stores um, the warehouse uh, companies uh, had to uh, hire you know temporary workers to handle that seasonal blip Another reason why businesses need to be able to um, have, you know, different ways of compensation that are scalable and then are very quick to react. And uh, I really don't see that changing as we're, was, uh, we're entering 2021 either. Yep, 100% agree with you there, Ray. Yeah, now one more question I want to sneak in here before we close things out. I, I'm curious, Sean, you know, do you really foresee that digital acceleration that we've seen over the course of this pandemic will have a long-term lasting effect? Yeah, I, absolutely, Ryan. I think when when things return to normal, uh, hopefully sometime soon, preferences for the engagement have, have shifted, convenience is paramount, flexibility of, of digital payments and, and, and a central payments platform are, are here to stay, for sure. You know, you used to hear words like uh, when, when thinking about payments is, Plastic, paper, check, batch, static. I think you know now we're we're talking about digital, virtual, online, e-commerce, APIs, dynamic. You know those those are the words I think of when uh, when when we're talking modern payment platforms. But I think you know businesses and and consumers' expectations surrounding the payments have have shifted permanently, and and that expectation around real time. Um, and having choice from a consumer perspective is 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 absolutely key. And then on the business or organizational side, having the ability to deliver on these needs easily and at scale has now been fully recognized. I don't think people will be caught flat-footed um, if something like this were ever to happen again. 
God forbid, payments platforms really offer that agility to, to respond to change, you know, provide new opportunities, minimize disruption, and keep those essential processes as the focus of, of the business, right? In most cases, payments is not the number one priority, but it does make kind of the world go around. So I think that, you know, having the platform first mindset is a big driver for success in the in the coming years. Exactly, Sean. And um, I look at um, the consumer. Uh, some of the some of the transition, if you will, um, the consumer. It's it's they're a hybrid shopper, really. Um, they the consumer is deciding when, where, and how to order and pay. And as we've said, in most cases, they want a digital payment. But it's this this you know hybrid consumer that is, has expectations of the companies that they're doing business with, that they want to have that flexibility. Now, from a, a merchant or retailer perspective, in 2020, I looked at it, that I narrowed it to what I call the three Ds, that businesses needed these three things to come out of the pandemic and be successful, digital delivery and drive up. And we've talked about you know, digital certainly, um, and we've seen how delivery delivery has played such a very large role in um, in e-commerce fulfillment and drive up. Consumers are uh, clicking and collecting. They're buying, you know, online, paying online on a digital platform, going to the store and picking it up. So um, that's that's I think the challenge for merchants to have the digital capabilities because. Their shoppers are, are uh, hybrid consumers, and they they make the decisions on how to order, how to pay, and when to do it. Yeah, I really like that thinking, Ray. The hybrid the hybrid approach is kind of the the, the, the new approach to everything. So really well said there. Excellent. Well, I, I think we'll wrap it up then on that note. So, uh, Sean, Ray, thank you so much for taking the time today for talking to me about payment platforms and potentially 2021 being the year of the payment platform. And I hope to have you both back on the podcast real soon. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Ryan.